This is the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast, where we bring on the experts to teach you the golden nuggets of real estate investing so you can escape the rat race and start living life on your terms. Now, here's your host, Dalen Hazel. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Hope you're doing well and staying warm. It's definitely got a lot colder where I'm living in Springfield, Missouri. And so I have had to put on a sweater and a jacket instead of just walking outside with shorts and a t-shirt. So that's thrown me for a loop recently. But in today's episode, we sit down with Greg Junge and we talk about habits, how to build good ones, how to make them last forever. And he co-authored a book called Success Habits of Super Achievers in Real Estate. So he's got really good experience with this. If you're someone who struggles building habits, you know maybe it's getting up early in the morning, or maybe it's going to the gym on time, or maybe it's just spending time with your loved ones. If you're struggling with that, give this one a listen. If you're looking for a bunch of tactical advice, um, this may not be the one for you. We talk a lot about mindset and goal setting and habit building. And I found that when... I have too much tactical advice. I don't do anything with it because my mindset's not right. So I have to combine mindset advice and tactical advice and then marry those together to produce great results. That's just the way it works for me, may or may not be for you. But with that all being said, I'm going to dive in today's golden nugget of the day. Today's golden nugget is if you are somebody who is negotiating off market or even on market properties, and you're out there trying to find those good deals. Like, you know, we all know it's getting harder to find deals. So you have to be good at negotiating and asking questions and really digging down to the motivation of why somebody would be interested in selling. Because typically to sell at a discount to an investor, which is what we're looking for, somebody needs to be going through something, have some motivation. And so I like to open the conversation by just asking these open-ended questions. You can say something like, tell me a little bit about why you're selling and then pause. Another question you could ask is, what is your plan if we don't do business today? So these two questions alone will really help you unpack that motivation. And definitely, I can't understate this enough, but make sure you listen. Okay, the more you listen, the more they're going to tell you, because as humans, we don't want that awkward silence. And so you're going to start to really unpeel that onion and figure out why they're selling. Maybe, just maybe, they have a son or daughter living rent-free in the property. And you wouldn't have known that without them telling you. Maybe um, they just have a lot of equity in the property and want the easy way out. They don't want to go through staging or selling the property with an agent. And so you wouldn't know that without asking those questions. So I encourage you to ask open-ended questions like that to really unpack that motivation. And so we're not trying to exploit people here, exploit you know bad situations. We're trying to figure out how we can help because to be honest, you know somebody is going to have to sell to an investor at a discount. That's just the way it is. So you know we can't serve ninety five percent of the population who are looking to get top dollar for their property, but we can serve that five percent that are looking for a different way of selling. So I wanted to uh, encourage you all with that today, but without further ado. Here is my episode interview with Greg Junge. Welcome to the show, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dalen. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'm very excited to have you on. 
one, because you sent me uh, your awesome book in the mail. So I got to know, you know, more about you and you did that free of charge. I think that's awesome and speaks to the kind of person you are just willing to give out a lot of information for free. And, and so I'm excited to dive into uh, what we have in store for today. But first, can you give the audience a short introduction about yourself and how you got started in real estate? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm originally from New York. I was born and raised on Long Island. Uh, currently live here in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been here for about 14, 15 years. Um, I'm a realtor out here. I'm a real estate investor. And um, I've been in real estate investing since uh, about 2012. So about nine years now. And um, picked up the realtor in about 2015. So I've been a realtor, a residential realtor here in Phoenix for about six years. And um, kind of balance both at the moment, although I do kind of lean a little bit more towards real estate investing. That is where more of my passion lies. But obviously being a realtor and then real estate investing, it's pretty much real estate all day, every day. And I love it. It's great. So I can't complain. Yeah. And we were just talking about the weather and you were saying it was uh, 107 there, right? <laughs> yep. 107 degrees. Not a lot of humidity, but definitely a lot of degrees and like anything, if you do get used to it, I do say we kind of sweat through the summers to get through to the winters because the winters here are gorgeous. I bet you live for the winters, don't you? <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's it's so nice. Just open the windows, no air conditioning going on. And um, they're just, yeah, just perfect temperature, perfect outdoor, you know, get outdoors, play your sports, go hiking. It's it's a lot of fun here in the winter. Cool. Yeah, Arizona's always been one of the places I want to go. And I'll make it there soon. So <laughs> yeah, well, if you do, you got to look me up, man. Yeah. Well, Greg, um, I was thinking about what we could talk about today. That's kind of different, you know, and, and off the beaten path. And I think I, I settled on you. You have a unique uh, point of view on some habits, some habits that help you, as you put it, double your business income through these learned habits. And you talk about, you know, in your section of the book and uh, about how you didn't have these habits to begin with, right? This is something you had to learn. And through that process, you were able to double your business income. A lot of people talk about habits that help you in your relationship or your, your, just your overall life. But I want to specifically talk about those that can directly impact your income, because obviously this podcast, we're all about creating freedom through real estate investing. And part of that is having a high income. So let's dive into, you know, some of those habits and just get started here. So what were some of those initial habits that you had to learn to help you obviously double your income and increase your income in real estate? Yeah, great question. So yeah, the chapter in the book that I wrote about was about habits and how it changed my life. Because two years ago, three years ago, I didn't really know a lot about habits, not consciously anyway. Obviously, we all have good habits and bad habits. Um, so it wasn't something that I really honed in on and said, I'm going to be you know, the habit master and, and tackle this. It was just something that um, kind of came about naturally through you know, learning about personal development and mindset. And all of a sudden, I was in the, you know, down that rabbit hole of um, with habits. And I was like, oh, this is a, a cool topic. Maybe this will help me out. Um, you know, and sure enough, it did. It helped me out personally, professionally. Um, and one of the things that really moved the needle for me was um, waking up early. Because previously, I would, you know, as a realtor, as an entrepreneur, I uh, kind of run my own day. So I didn't really feel the need to wake up at six in the morning and then give myself that time in the morning before the workday started. I would just you know, wake up at 7.30, 8 o'clock and kind of see what was going on. And, um, you know, I kind of realized, I quickly realized that having a morning routine would really give me that wind, um, you know, behind me to get my day going properly. And, and that includes, you know, finances and business, like you said, relationships and 
you know, personal and nutrition and everything. So, but one of the, that, that was the biggest one that really moved the needle for me was um, I read the book by Hal Elrod called The Miracle Morning. And it, and I wrote about it in the book. It actually took me two times, two rounds to try The Miracle Morning. The first time I tried and I failed. I didn't, I didn't like adjust to it. I didn't really want to adjust to it. I was more forcing or more fighting it than just kind of letting it happen to me naturally. Um, but the second time I did it, I said, all right, I'm going to make this work. Um, you know, I read about the effectiveness of the, the miracle morning and just having that morning time. And it really allowed me to kind of start my day off uh, a little bit more calmer, you know, get everything in before 9, 9.30 when, um, as you know, the phone starts ringing and text messages come in and that's when the day kind of gets hectic. Um, so it really, it really just um, made me more organized. And I think that was probably the biggest thing that I took out of the miracle morning was, you know, once I organized my morning, I organized my calendar, organized my day, and it really made me look into my day. You know, as a realtor, you have to make, you know, certain amount of calls per day, certain amount of touches to clients. And I was kind of doing that, but I wasn't really doing that, you know, efficiently and effectively the way I should. Um, so that was one of the things that really took out of the miracle morning was just organizing my day, time stamping my calendar and really sticking to it. Um, that's what really kind of, um, you know, got that needle moving in that positive direction to help me double my business and really take on a, a few more tasks um, on the real estate investing side to really balance everything out. Yeah. Waking up early is important, but I'll be the first to admit I struggle with it. Sometimes I'll wake up at 6am then I'll go seasons. I wake up at 8am. Like there's no fluid um, habit built there. So mm -hmm. What would you say to someone like me? And I think a lot of people listening that struggle with the building of the habit. Yeah. The building of the habit. It's, it's hard. Cause I mean, the old habit is ingrained in you, um, you know, for however old you are and however long you've been, you know, doing that habit. And like I said, it took me two times to really, to really try. The first time I tried it, I tried the miracle morning for a week and I just had those old thoughts in my head of like, ah, oh, this isn't you, this isn't going to work for you. It, you know, it works for everybody else, but not you. And then I just really analyzed, you know what, if, if somebody else can do this, I can definitely do it because everybody says that and it's true, right? If, if, if somebody else can do it, I can definitely do it. So I said, you know what, this is going to change my life. So I really approached it from a logical point of view instead of like an emotional point of view, because obviously when it's six in the morning and your alarm goes off, you know, you're emotionally, you're like, oh, I just want to lay in bed a little bit more, another 10 minutes, whatever you want to rationalize in your head. Um, but once you get past that emotional part, it's the logical part of, all right, it's six in the morning. My workday doesn't start until nine. How much can I get done in the next three hours personally to really set up my day? And then once you get that mindset, you know, that kind of thinking going, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to take the dog out. You, you kind of get excited. That kind of really worked for me anyway. I'm a pretty logical guy. So um, the logical really motivated me to get me over the emotional and say, all right, let's just knock out this checklist. And then by nine o'clock, you're going to feel like a million bucks. And then from there, you can just take on your work day and, you know, answer those text messages and move forward. So um, that, that worked for me. I know um, everybody's different. Some people are more emotional than logical or vice versa, but um, just speaking from experience, um, I think me having a more logical brain really helped me um, just kind of power through it. Yeah, I think those are some good points. Yeah, and I'm definitely more logical. Um, but there comes to a point where it's like, yeah, waking up at 6 a.m. is good for you, but you also need to be putting in the right inputs to your body. So what time did you go to bed? 
Um, <laughs> how did you eat the night before? What was your relationship like the night before? And it's what I don't think a lot of people talk about. They just say, wake up at 6 a.m. or wake up early. But you also have to put in the input because your body is not a machine, right? It has to be nurtured and cultivated. And you have to build those good habits in other areas of your life. So what are some habits that someone should build to, you know, make waking up at early a priority for them? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed the the main one is, you know, you have to go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, if you're waking up at eight in the morning and you go to bed at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, that's probably fine. You know, you get your seven hours of sleep. Um, and that's something you have to figure out as well. Are you good with, you know, six hours of sleep, seven hours of sleep? Um, how much sleep do you want and how much, you know, how much value do you put on sleep? Um, I personally put a lot of value on sleep just because um, I know reading from reading, you know, nutrition books and everything, everybody they always kind of loop in, well, how good is your sleeping habits and how good is your sleeping routine? Um, but yeah, definitely going to bed a little bit earlier. And like you said, you know, your relationship, did you have a fight the night before? If you did, you're probably, you know, not going to sleep as well. Um, I know tracking, it sounds strange, but tracking how much water you drink and how well you sleep. For me, there's a correlation um, because I know two or three years ago, I wasn't tracking how much water I drank and I probably didn't drink a lot of water, to be honest. Um, and living out here in Arizona, you definitely need to, and living anywhere, I think you definitely need to get in your eight to 10 glasses or whatever kind of works for you. Um, so yeah, all those little things, I think awareness is probably the biggest thing is just to be really aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it and how, you know, going to bed at maybe eight 30 or nine o'clock compared to 10 or 11, how the, that two hour difference can really affect you that next day. And just being aware of, how you feel the next day? Are you sluggish? Or you, do you feel better if you're on six hours or seven hours of sleep? So um, it's a lot of like trial and error. And it's, um, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It's like a game. You kind of figure out what works best for you and what's your, the ultimate way you can operate and just work towards it. Yeah. And that just comes down to self-awareness. Like you just have to know if you don't want to waste all this energy trying to be a morning person when you're not. So we're not telling you, you have to wake up at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. But we are telling you to get your inputs right you know, get your sleep and get your, your food, right. Get your relationships, right. And then it'll make other habits easier. And if that means waking up at 6am, then get all the power to you. You know what I'm saying? I personally strive to wake up early just because I think, yeah, you're right. Like getting your productivity in the morning is so key. Um, getting that quiet time in the morning will go a long way in your business. And since we're talking about doubling your business income, you know, that, that can be a big part of it. So what are some other habits? I mean, you, you mentioned several in the chapter in the book. What are some other habits that helped you increase your business income? Yeah, so um, I mean, I think organization, like I said earlier, was the, the biggest one. It, it really just kind of um, just organized everything that was kind of here, kind of there. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, when, when you're a W-2 worker, you, you know, you have a boss that kind of tells you what to do and say, I need this project by Friday. Um, but as you know, as an entrepreneur, you can work as hard as you want or as little as you want during any day, you know, barring some meetings and, and networking events. So you really have to, you know, stay organized and stay motivated because nobody's going to motivate you. Nobody's going to tell you, Hey, this project is due on Friday. Um, you know, well, it's not done. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so staying organized and really um, staying motivated, you know, staying motivated is, is key. So I think having like certain relationships and even having like an accountability partner in your business um, can definitely help you. I never had one before, but it's actually something that I'm looking to do 
here in the near future, just to kind of accelerate my habits a little bit more. So I think that's another good thing that a lot of people could do, reach out to a friend or somebody in the real estate investing community, um, asking for an accountability partner and say, hey, I'm working on a few habits. Um, this is what I'm looking for. If you need some help, I can definitely reciprocate um, because I feel like habits is something that a lot of people are talking about a little bit more, especially in the real estate investing community, um, just because it is a lot of you know, repetitive things that we do day in and day out. And, you know, that's exactly what a habit is. And if you want to turn it into a good habit, there are certain things you can do. And then if you want to turn it into a bad habit, there's just, you know, you do the opposite of those good things. So it's kind of like, I kind of relate it to investing in different niches in real estate. You have to find out what is good for you, right? Some people love single family. Some people love multifamily. Some people are good with investing in both. Um, you know, and there's a lot of different niches, but you have to find kind of what works for you and what habits work for you, how you track them. You can write them down. You can use apps. I kind of use both, um, but just trial and error, kind of see what works for you in, um, you know, in habits and in real estate investing and in life, you know, honestly. So. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but share what has kind of worked for me in the past. So I have this app where I, um, I click the date and if I, or I click the, a certain button and it'll track how long I've kept that habit. And even though like it's on my phone and it's digital and it, it's kind of hard to resonate with sometimes it just the act of like tracking that is so powerful because I'm like, I don't want to break that 50 day streak. <laughs> I mean, I know Snapchat has some streak thing and a lot of people are into that. Like, I don't want to break my streak, <laughs> which I think is kind of silly, but people do it. And so if you can attach a good habit to some sort of record keeping system, I think that'll go a long way because otherwise, if you break a habit, then it's like, oh, well, I'll just, I can just get back on the horse another day. But if you're tracking it and better yet, if you're sharing that with a partner or a friend, then you're just going to increase your likelihood of success. And I know on the bigger pockets podcast, they talk a lot about willpower and how willpower is weak. And so we don't want to depend on our willpower. We want to have systems in place that allow us to achieve those habits. And you do that in business, right? You put together systems to keep your team accountable, to keep people working. So why not do it in your personal life where I would argue it's even more important? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think to kind of, you know, add to that a little bit, I think tracking your tracking is a habit, right? I mean, mm -hmm. whether you're going to track it, you know, honestly or dishonestly, because, you know, I've, you can obviously, you know, lie to yourself and say to keep the street going, oh yeah, I drank eight glasses of water today, even though you didn't. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm real honest with my tracking because it's only going to benefit me and I'm the only one really seeing it anyway. But I would start with that and say, all right, tracking is definitely a habit, whether you're you're doing the habits or not, you should track it every day because, you know, like you said, you want to continue that streak. And um, it is kind of like a game if you want to continue that streak and see how many days you can go. And hopefully you can go, you know, every day with, um, you know, achieving all of your habits. And, you know, sometimes things come up, but um, tracking itself is probably one of the bigger habits just to, you know, get into that routine um, because, yeah, that's what you're going to look for and you're going to look back and you're going to see the results and, that's exactly what you're going to look for is, you know, what did you do to get to those results? And it's either right on your phone or right on your piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I've, cause I've looked back on that app and some of the habits I've broken and I th it takes me about 30 days of, of diligence to do it. I know people say, you know, more or less, 
um, based on your willpower, of course, but have you seen like a certain amount of days or weeks or months that has been kind of the magic number to build a new habit? Yeah, you know, I've heard all the different numbers too. I've heard 14 days, I've heard 66 days, I've heard all these different numbers. Um, personally, I think I've never really tracked it, but I think, you know, easier habits are going to be obviously um, a shorter time frame to really knock down because, um, you know, it's an easy habit. And it's just, you know, like maybe flossing your teeth. If you've never flossed your teeth before, it takes you what, maybe 20 seconds to floss your teeth. Um, but, you know, if you're going to take on a, you know, full on workout routine, that, you know, is a little bit more jarring, a little bit more, you know, foreboding when you're looking at it, it might take a little bit more time to kind of pick up that habit. Um, so I think it just kind of depends. And that's, that's kind of interesting. It gave me an idea to track how long it takes me to, you know, really solidify a habit. So I'm going to try to use that moving forward. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, so we've talked about certain habits in, in your life that have helped you kind of increase your income or at least your productivity from waking up early to getting more organized. Let's talk about some habits that have directly improved your real estate investing business. So are there certain things you do every day to make sure you're moving the needle forward? For me, it's working on this podcast for networking abilities. It's also trying to make one offer on a property a day. So what are those things that you do in your real estate investing business? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, the things that I do in my business, probably similar to you a little bit. Um, you know, I definitely read. Um, I read a lot of, um, you know, books and blogs. So um, one thing that I actually did was kind of change my Facebook around where um, I don't, ha I still have friends on Facebook, don't get me wrong, but a lot of my newsfeed is, um, you know, our multifamily syndicators that are, you know, posting, just close this deal or posting questions and masterminds and, and that kind of thing. So I actually like being on Facebook now because it's not, you know, here's a picture of the burrito that I ate. It's more of motivational quotes and looking at people closing, you know, 130 units and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, reading those kind of posts, reaching out to those people when I can, um, you know, and I would say probably relationships is, you know, the biggest thing in this, in this world, right. In this, in this business, in your personal life and your friendships, um, so same thing goes with, you know, real estate, um, investing and syndicators. And so I have no problem reaching out directly to, you know, syndicators and people that are putting on deals and just asking them questions, picking their brain. Some people respond, sometimes they don't, you know, no big deal. Um, but yeah, definitely reading and following up with other real estate investors, finding out what's going on in their world. Um, you know, for instance, I'm actually, you know, I'm located here in Phoenix, Arizona, but I'm in a few uh, virtual networking events or networking groups. Uh, one of them is a Central Florida Meetup Group, and I just I joined that group. I'm you know we're kind of thinking about moving to Central Florida, but at the same time I just want to pulse on the market in Central Florida because I know it's a a great demographic, and you know maybe one day we'll we'll move there. We've already have some properties there, so um, just kind of doing those little things, and that's one thing that um, you know virtually you can kind of do now, and that's one benefit that can, kind of came out of COVID too was um, all these virtual networking events where you can just pop on to, you know, different events all over the country and really just talk to different people and different demographics and different areas. So, um, so yeah, those are, those are kind of some of my day-to-days that I really do to, to help me move, move the needle forward on the investing side. Yeah, definitely. And you always have to be doing something. So I, I heard a motivational talk and it's like, make sure there are no zero days. So make sure you know, if it's 1158 at night, 
that you have done something for your future <laughs> that your future self would thank you for. So, I mean, I, I work a W2 job, so it's, it's hard for, for me to do real estate, but I always make sure I'm doing something that day to, to push the needle forward. If I didn't have time to make an offer, maybe I uh, built up this other system in place here. Or if I didn't have time to make an offer, maybe I read a real estate book. Always doing something. And if it's a priority for you, you'll get it done, right? So I, I try not to say, uh, I don't have time for that <laughs> because that's a bad habit. You know, yep. I'm habitually making excuses. So once you learn that everything in your life is a habit, that 95% of your behavior is driven by your habits, it really makes you want to get good habits <laughs> because yep. you're doing these things subconsciously because your brain just simply cannot handle all that information overload ever. I mean, especially in today's culture. <laughs> so your body wants to conserve energy like a, like a well-oiled machine to, and it does that through habits. So I, I like what you said in, in your chapter where once you built these things up, these habits, it almost served you on autopilot. And that's the beautiful thing of habits is you don't have to work at it so hard. But just like with everything in life, when you first get started, it's the most difficult. But it has exponential growth. And I don't know if you've read like The Compound Effect or The Slight Edge, those books, but it talks about doing a little something each day. So can you kind of encourage our listeners if they're struggling with that first initial 30 days or whatever it is, how did you, how do you push through that when it feels so difficult? Yeah. Um, so one thing that I would recommend um, also is really being real honest with yourself and get one sheet of paper and write down all your good habits. And like I said, be honest with yourself, write down all your bad habits. We all have bad habits. Some are, you know, extreme, some are mild, whatever they are, just write them all down. And then kind of like you said, just, you look at the, the column that has the bad habits side and say, all right, you know, how many of these do I want to get rid of, right? Some of them are pretty detrimental. You should probably get rid of them or turn them into, you know, positive habits. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, it's, it's harder in the beginning, but then once you kind of get going, it gets a lot easier. Well, that sounds pretty familiar. That sounds like real estate investing, right? Because in the beginning, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to do it. You hear all these success stories and, you, you know, place those limiting beliefs in your head, maybe of like, oh, I can't do that. He had, he had a head start. He had a million dollars. I'm starting with zero, but you know what? We all find our way. Um, and then after a while, it's just maintaining the portfolio, which is also maintaining the habits. Right. And like you said, once you create those habits that are a little bit easier, um, it's just kind of more naturally part of your day where you're not really thinking about it. You don't think about, oh, I have to floss my teeth that night. It's just, something that you do, and then you're on to the next thing. So that would be my first, um, I guess, exercise for your, um, for your audience would be get that piece of paper, write down your good habits, the ones that you want to maintain, or even, you know, maybe increase, and then write down those bad habits, be real honest with yourself, and then ask yourself, be real conscious and be aware of, um, you know, how can I change these, some of these bad habits into good habits, or just eliminate those bad habits altogether. Um, I think that'll be a good starting point for a lot of your listeners because um, it is really hard to be honest with yourself. But like I said, it's just yourself. It's just, you know, yourself on that piece of paper. You can throw that piece of paper away when you're done. Um, but it's just for you to get ground zero with yourself as a starting point for um, habits moving forward. Yeah. And to add on to that, once you have those on a sheet of paper, you're very honest with yourself. I would say focus on one at a time. Because if you try to focus on all your bad habits, you're just going to get frustrated because it's going to be so hard. I mean, it's already hard enough to focus on one. So just focus on one for 
you know, three to four weeks. And, and then once that solidifies, that's like something working for you on autopilot um, for, for the rest of your life. Now it's still hard, but it's, it's easier to maintain that habit once you've built it. And once you've forced your brain to adopt that habit, then you focus on the second and the third. And uh, before you know it, you have a slew of habits that you've, you've uh, grabbed onto over the course of, uh, of a year or so. So that's a great strategy. Write it down and then implement one at a time. Love it. That's great. Yeah. So uh, Greg, can you share any like books on habits that taught you this information? Because it's not taught in school, certainly. So how did you learn this information on habits? And can you recommend some books on that? Yeah, of course. Um, so actually, the, the one book that I'm reading right now is, um, I think it's a bigger book. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny when I talk to people and they're like, oh, you haven't read that book yet? And I was like, no, I just haven't read it. I've heard about it. But yeah, I've honestly just listened to a lot of podcasts around habits. And then, um, you know, the Miracle Morning, that was the big motivator, the big, you know, needle mover for me. Um, and I listened to his podcast as well. And um, I, I just love his podcast and everything that he puts out. But yeah, honestly, the Atomic Habits is the book that I'm getting through right now. And it's given me some great ideas. Um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of podcasts around it. And, um, you know, if you talk to enough real estate investors, you can ask them, you know, kind of what habits do you have? And probably nine times out of 10, people will share their habits with you of what works for them, what doesn't, if they're a morning person, if they're not a morning person, if they tried it. Um, so just kind of having that conversation and just asking people, you know, kind of what your habits are and what your experiences with habits and just kind of opening that conversation, just like you normally would with um, if any topic really. Yeah. I mean, it's really freeing to take on a habit. It can seem constraining because you're like, telling your body to do something that it frankly doesn't want to do. But then when you adopt that, you're like, Oh, I feel much better by myself or (laughs) I feel much fitter or healthier or richer. So you'd be surprised what happens. I mean, I remember when I took up flossing, I I just, I never flossed uh, like throughout high school and I just never felt like I need to. And then I took on flossing and it it just became so easy. Like I can't imagine life (laughs) not flossing. (laughs) Or I can't imagine life not drinking all all the water I do, and I can't imagine life, you know, not staying away from um, fast food and and sugary drinks. So if if you're a person struggling with a habit, like just know that it's it, it's normal, and you need to implement the things that we talked about today, and, and you'd be surprised how freeing it is. Is that how you felt? You felt like a much more free, autonomous person without these bad habits dragging you down. Yeah, no, I totally did. And you know, to share something on the, the fitness side, you know, since the beginning of our January 2020 um, till now, I actually lost about 45 pounds. Awesome. Um, so I know a lot of people during COVID, they were complaining that they're gaining weight because they're, you know, eating, you know, more food and drinking and all that kind of stuff. Well, I went the other way. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's exactly like you said, it's, it's totally freeing because you know, for years, I mean, I'm 41 and I've always been, you know, chubby or a little bit heavier or whatever. Um, so that was always weighing on my mind of, um, you know, just being the chubby person or, you know, that kind of, that just that mentality of kind of how you talk to yourself. And I don't talk to myself like that anymore because that was the old me. And now I'm 40 pounds lighter. And I feel like that is just, you know, weight off my shoulder, literally and figuratively. So it's, um, yeah, it's talk about freeing. I mean, I've been trying to lose weight for, I don't know how many years and beating myself up for it because I couldn't do it. And all of a sudden I just, you know, decided to make that change and that switch and, and just really commit to it and not, 
you know, just kind of like, oh, I'm going to try. No, you don't try. You commit to it. You get it done. And then it's, it's just so, like you said, it's just freeing and it's just one less thing I have to worry about and more time and energy I can focus on, you know, transferring that, that next bad habit into a good habit. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, before we wrap up the show, Greg, I, I want to talk about some habits that our listeners can walk away with in the real estate investing businesses right now to give them a good shot at doubling their income. So I know we touched on it briefly. I personally, um, you know, try to do an offer a day in my real estate investing business. I think some other good habits to shoot for is, you know, talking to one person in the industry, whether that's a private money lender, a, an agent, a seller, talk to one person a day. Um, obviously if you're full time and can do this more, you know, bump it up, but talk to one person a day. That's going to put you in a different place. You were the day before. So, uh, also another thing I do each day is I, you know, I, I try to watch a video on uh, real estate investing to increase my knowledge. I never want to be sitting back. So what are some uh, additional habits that, you know, a real estate investor who's excited about this podcast, what are some additional habits that they can take away and implement right away that gives them a good shot at increasing their income? Yeah. Um, so I'll give you two and, what, and one's around networking and one's around reading. So one of the habits that is literally on my list every day is read one chapter of a book. Um, you know, cause you know, people want to read books. Um, but I think if you kind of break it down and obviously the book is broken down into chapters, any book is, um, reading one chapter every day, I feel like is kind of like flossing, maybe a little bit more difficult, but not as bad as, you know, starting a workout routine where you have to work out five days a week. Um, so I feel like reading a, a, you know, one chapter in a book, real estate investing book, um, even an ebook or a blog, anything that's real estate investing related, um, just so I can check that off my list and say, yep, I'm keeping my streak going. I'm reading one chapter every day and you can track how many books you read every year if you want. Um, and the other thing I would say is kind of like you said, is just networking, um, you know, signing up for networking events. Um, like I said earlier, especially nowadays with everything being virtual, if you're, you know, a mobile home investor, you can go on to, you know, uh, you can Google or just go on to meetup.com and look up mobile home investing, um, you know, networking events. And I'm sure you're going to find one because everything is virtual. So there is, I'm, I guarantee you there's one going on right now as we're speaking. Um, so that's something that I would probably do every day is to not necessarily sign up for one every day, but um, get in the habit of looking for, um, you know, networking events that you can attend that, you know, interest you that, um, you know, pique your interest. If you're, if you're interested in mobile home parks, but you're not necessarily hundred percent into it, go to a few networking events and find out and, you know, talk to some people, see if that's, you know, what you want to do. Does it fit your goals? If not, cool, then go check out another niche, go talk to some other people in other niches and kind of see, you know, what works for them. And, you know, if that aligns with um, the goals that you're looking for. So um, those are the two that I would say that I came out with was, you know, definitely networking and then reading one chapter every day. Yeah. I had a guest on um, episode five of the real estate investing for freedom podcast, Bailey Kramer, and he messaged three people a day. Now, now mind you, he was in college just getting started, didn't have a single asset to his name, but he messaged three people a day in the industry and he built up his network really fast and people respect him. And he, he's got lots of opportunities now because he built that foundation. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a good networking tip. Um, another one could be posting one day, one post per day on biggerpockets.com. 
which mm-hmm. is the largest real estate investing website, just starting a conversation once a day, you'd be surprised at, at how things add up all, you know, all over. And of course, that's not the only thing you're doing. You may have five other habits that you've built. And so if you're doing that, it just, it's really going to compound. You're going to be surprised at the results. Yeah. No, I love it. And you mentioned the compound effect earlier. That's one of my favorite books. Um, me and my wife were actually in a book club with a couple of other investors. And um, that was the book that we read a couple of books ago. And it was one of my favorites. And that's one of the things that um, I actually asked myself is what can I, what can I compound this week? Like what habit can I put on my list? Whether it's something as small as eating a half an apple every day, because I know it's you know good for you. Um, so you know, you mentioned compound a few times and yeah, the compound effect was, um, was, and still is very impactful in my life. And especially with habits, because the compound effect just really takes hold of habits and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is obviously can be, um, copied into other areas of your life, you know, from your, your fitness. Um, I've personally built a habit to work out four times a week. That's just what I do. Like everybody understands it. I understand it. And it's just a part of things. And, um, you know, I also spend at least an hour a day with my wife as quality time. And that's just what I do. Like, there's just no question about it. And when other things come up, they always are submissive to the habit, you know, so you don't want to get off track with your habits just because something fun comes up or, or interesting. You still want to stick to your habits and prioritize that. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And that's great that you carve out time for working out and relationships. Yes. That's the important stuff. So good for you, man. Thank you. All right. Well, this last portion of the show is called the triple threat. And it's the same three questions we ask each guest. Number one, what is the app or tool that has been the biggest game changer in your business? Um, So for me, the the biggest tool I would say, and it's probably a a real broad one, but um, it just goes back to relationships. Um, you know, connecting and making those relationships because, um, you know, real estate investing, it's, it's totally a relationship game. Um, you know, you have to know who's, who's selling, who's buying, who you can partner with, who to kind of stay away from, um, who to trust. So I think that would be the biggest tool in my tool belt is the relationships and the the phone numbers that I have in my phone. And um, I can easily pick up the phone and call some well-respected investors, ask their opinion and see if I'm doing things right or wrong or, or that kind of thing. So just building those quality relationships um, just is going to, it's going to take you a long way in this business. Yeah, that's great to hear. And, and definitely they're key. Um, I want to go back and mention the, the tool I use, the habit tracker I use. It's just called habit and it's on the app store. <laughs> As of right now, it's, it's pink. It's got a check mark. So for anybody, anybody wondering what exact tool I use. And it's great. You can track everything. You can color code it. You can set up reminders. So it's amazing living in today's world because it can make <laughs> a lot of things easy. Yeah, it very, it very, it's very true. Um, one of the habits, one of the tools that I actually use on my phone, it is called um, Habit Share. Okay. And I just downloaded it like two days ago. So I'm trying to switch over from pen and paper to digital. I'm going to see kind of how it goes, but similar to to yours, it's color coded and you can kind of customize it, but I'm going to check out yours as well, just to kind of compare the two and see which one I like on the digital space better. Yeah. You can even have shared habits where somebody knows what you're doing and is looped in on that, which makes oh, it even cool. more powerful. Very cool. 
All right. Number two, what has been your biggest learning lesson in the last year? Um, so my biggest learning lesson. So actually, yeah, this is probably a good one. Um, so as an entrepreneur and you know, realtor and real estate investor, um, I feel like I, I can't say no sometimes to you know, opportunities or projects. Um, and then I find myself overwhelmed because I have like six different projects going on and that's just too much on my plate. Um, so that's one thing that I've actually gotten better at this year, but, um, earlier in the year, there was a, were a few projects and I have a few things going on, um, closing those, uh, cl closing some deals with some business partners here while also having some clients, um, you know, caused me to work 10, 12 hour days, probably for two three weeks straight. And I just realized I was like, I'm overworked. I'm kind of overwhelmed. And I realized I looked at my whole uh, plate and I said, I got to take some stuff off this plate. Um, so that was, it was good that I caught it and I was aware of it, but you know, I, I definitely, uh, did not say no enough in the beginning to, you know, cause that plate to be full. So, um, yeah, I don't know as an entrepreneur, sometimes it is hard to say no, because it is easy to say yes to all opportunities that come your way at the same time, um, be mindful of your time and how much that's going to carve away from your day and your morning and time with your wife and that kind of thing. So, um, cause that was probably my biggest, uh, I don't want to say failure, but um, misstep this year and kind of how I, um, kind of, you know, made it or made a correction to it, I should say. Yeah. We don't say no enough, you know, and, and kind of to put it tangibly off this episode, if your habit you're working on is healthy eating, don't say yes to somebody inviting you to Wendy's or McDonald's. Right. You know, it just, it doesn't <laughs> align with your goals. And I'd hope that they don't push you in that direction. You know, if, if they know what you're working towards. Right. Question three, our podcast is all about helping others achieve freedom with real estate investing, whether that's financial lifestyle or otherwise. So what does freedom mean to you? Yeah, freedom. Um, so obviously financial freedom is, you know, when your passive investments are making enough money to kind of pay for your monthly expenses. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think freedom is just as an entrepreneur is not having that obligation to, um, you know, to, to go to your boss or to ask your boss for time off. Um, and even as an entrepreneur, I'm kind of looking for that next level of, you know, how could I have more passive income to really kind of kick up that freedom level of where I still want to be a real estate investor. I think I'll always be a real estate investor. I'm never going to be retired from it, um, but I don't want to be obligated to, um, you know, do something that I, that I don't necessarily want to do. Um, like, you know, kind of like we were talking about before we recorded, you know, being a realtor, I love being a realtor. It was great. Um, I'm kind of scaling that business down a little bit. Um, for me, it was a means to an end. But, you know, I wanted my nights and weekends back, honestly, because that's when, you know, clients would come out and rightfully so, right? They work nine to five and Friday nights, Saturdays and Sundays is when I'm out showing homes and listing homes, um, which is great. It's, it's helped, you know, fund my real estate investing career. But at the same time, I want a little bit more of my freedom back because I realized, I didn't really have um, a lot of balance in my life. So that's freedom for me is not having too many obligations, um, you know, on your calendar and the obligations that you do have, you're looking forward to. So it's not necessarily an obligation. It's something fun that you get to do, like, you know, being a guest on the podcast or going to a networking event. Um, you know, it's all cool things in the realm of real estate investing. Yeah, that's great to hear what you're, you know, transitioning out of and what you're working towards. It's just awesome. I think you're doing all that quite well. So Greg, where can listeners get a hold of you if they want to know more? 
Yeah. So the best way to get a hold of me is um, if they want to just shoot me an email, it's Greg at sevenfigurecapital.com. And, um, or they can just go to the website, which is sevenfigurecapital.com, all spelled out. Um, pretty simple to find to me. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you've been a great guest, and I really appreciate your insights on habits and how we can improve our lives through intentional habit building. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. And tune in next week for the next episode.